Welcome back, everyone. It's your host, College Football with Sam, and today we will be discussing my picks for the 2023 preseason Big Ten win totals provided by Caesar Sportsbook. There is a background article by Tom Fornelli on CBS Sports if you want to check that out in the description below. And I'm just going to be going through giving some background information on each team along with my record prediction, some thoughts that I have on the potential outcomes for each team as that will determine whether the win total for each respective team hits the over or the under. And I will be discussing my pick and the confidence in that pick and why I chose that. So I'm going to go through and we're going to start as per usual on this channel. We're going to start with who I think is going to be the worst Big Ten team and finish with the best. By now, you guys probably already know who we're going to start and finish with, of course. A team that I've picked well over the past two seasons is Michigan. I've gone 2-0 on my picks with Michigan, both picking the over. And a team that I've done poorly on for background information as well is Nebraska. I've picked the over for the over-under win total for the past two seasons, and Nebraska hit the under both years in a row. So just some background information there. We're going to go through and we are going to start off with the Indiana Hoosiers. Indiana's win total is four, and my pick is under that. Indiana does have a strong front seven. They have guys like Aaron Casey at linebacker, and they have the Big Ten's number one transfer portal class. But Tom Allen, I really don't like him as a coach. I don't like his staff. And there's just a total lack of talent on offense. They bring in Taven Jackson from the transfer portal from Tennessee after losing Connor Basilak to the transfer portal, where he's now at Bowling Green. Noah Pierre, a leader on defense, returns for, I think, the third or fourth year in a row. Andre Carter is a defensive end coming in from Western Michigan. Phenomenal player, could have probably made it to the NFL, but wanted one more year in college and is coming to Indiana to play to win and to have an opportunity to improve his stock. This team has some playmakers, and there is a chance that they boom, but I think there's an even greater chance that they bust, and that's what I'm picking Indiana to do this season, is to bust and go 1-11. and 11. I really don't like Tom Allen, and this program is just a complete dump. I think they're going to be the worst team, not just in the Big Ten East, but in the Big Ten as a whole, and I'm very confident in this pick. Four, four wins, and in order to hit the over and not to push, you got to win five. Is five and seven really possible for Indiana? Well, they went four and eight last year, so they were close. This season, they start off against Ohio State, host Indiana State. They have a neutral site game against Louisville. Some other games just wanted to, you know, for a team like Indiana, it's important for their starting three games if they want to win to get some momentum because last year they started out 3-0. and They then fell flat and went 4-8. and They have road games at Maryland, Michigan, Penn State, Illinois, and Purdue, and they host... Rutgers, Wisconsin, Michigan State. And they also have a game against Akron, who has an underrated head coach in Joe Moorhead. I think it's more likely than not they go 0-12 than perhaps 
five and seven. This team is going to be really bad. I would stay away from even thinking about picking the over, but maybe they surprise everyone and prove us all wrong. Up next, we have the Northwestern Wildcats. Northwestern's win total is lower than Indiana's, which somewhat surprised me given Pat Fitzgerald's superior reputation, and that means that for Northwestern, you can pick the over on the three and a half, which I'm still picking the under, but you can pick the over and you only have to go four and eight instead of five and seven, which is huge. But I'm still picking the under, and I think that Pat Fitzgerald is a great head coach, and the team does have an underrated roster with pieces at tight end, offensive line, and the front seven. All in all, though, their QB play and overall talent and depth are pathetic. This team, for the past really four seasons, excluding the COVID year, has been losing product non-entertaining. Every time they face a good team or a Big Ten East team is usually disaster, and I don't think this year's going to be any different. There is a path for them to go 4-8, and eight, and I think maybe even a path for them to go 5-7, and seven, unlike Indiana. But still, they open up with a road game against Rutgers. They have road games against Duke in the non-conference, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Illinois. In the regular season, and they host Maryland, Iowa, Purdue, Howard, Penn State, Minnesota, and UTEP. So they do have a more favorable schedule. My confidence in this pick, as you can see, is low because I think there is a way that all they have to do is get two more wins. And Pat Fitzgerald, uh, this team on paper, I don't like it. But in studying them, looking at pro football focus, looking at their depth chart, who they return, they do have enough pieces to maybe improve and go three and nine, four and eight, five and seven. If they go four and eight or five and seven, they hit the over on that win total. It's just the quarterback play. I can't get over that. I think they're going to go seventh in the Big Ten West with a two and ten, zero and nine record in conference. But for Northwestern, I'm not as certain that they're going to be as bad as I am certain that Indiana is going to be absolute garbage. Up next, we have the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Rutgers football under Greg Schiano has not been what we all thought it would be by now. Greg Schiano, as an anonymous Big Ten coach said, has lost his luster. But Rutgers seems to be committed to him long term. The four and a half win total, I think, is scarily accurate. And normally these odds are very accurate. Vegas has a history of they, they fall within one, maybe one and a half, two wins of these preseason over-unders. And I have Rutgers doing that. I have them going five and seven, two and seven in conference. Consequentially, I'm picking the over because I think there's a better chance they go six and six than four and eight. Plus my prediction is in and of itself, already would have Rutgers going over. Their win total is four and a half. My pick is the over at four and a half. I think this is the first time here in this video so far where we are encountering plus odds to pick an over or an under. Rutgers brings in a proven offensive coordinator in Kirk Shiraka, and they have a great back seven. They have Dion Jennings at linebacker, another great linebacker, like Aaron Casey from Indiana, who's playing at a smaller school, but's highly graded, very phenomenal player, and they will have an elite special teams unit. 
That's that is a consistent thing under Greg Schiano where you can just pick them to have an elite special teams unit. They're going to reload there. However, despite all this, and as you've noticed, when I pick the over, I only give positive reasons when I pick the under. I do give a positive reason, but I also give some negative ones. I'm going to try and keep it more positive in this video overall. The issue with Rutgers, of course, is that they're not there yet. But I think hiring Kirk Shiraka is big. And if he can fix Gavin Wimsat, this team could go 6-6. Six and six. It's hard for me to see a path to 7-5. and five, But there's a much better shot that they go over than people think. They open up against Northwestern at home. And then they host Temple, Virginia Tech, play at Michigan, but host Wagner. They should go 3-2 and two at minimum, or 4-1 and one to start off the year. And they have road games at Wisconsin, at Indiana, at Iowa, and Penn State. And they host Michigan State, Ohio State, and Maryland. There is a path for them to go 6-6. Six and six. Their ceiling would definitely be 7-5. and five. But I'm moderately confident that they will hit the over. I think it's more likely that they'll go bowling for the first time. Not going to count 2021, where it was because Texas A&M opted out. It's more likely than not that they'll go bowling than not if I was to choose between 5-7, and seven, or 4-8 and eight rather, and 6-6. Six and six. So Rutgers will hit the over, in my opinion. Now here's a curious team, Purdue. Purdue's win total is 5 flat. I think they're going to go 5-7 and seven and 2-7, and seven, much like Rutgers. So my pick is a push, or it's the over. Now, in theory, they have a tough non-conference schedule, which sucks if you're a Purdue Boilermaker. But I don't think it's as tough as people advertise. I think Syracuse is going to be garbage, and I think Virginia Tech isn't going to improve much. Fresno State is probably tougher than the two ACC schools on Purdue's schedule. I think they'll start off 3-0. From there, you only have to win two more games to at least push or more to go bowling. And I think given the chaos that's the Big Ten West, even with Ohio State and Michigan both on Purdue's schedule, it's very possible. They have road conference games at Nebraska, Michigan, Northwestern, and Iowa. They host Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio State, Minnesota, and Indiana. Obviously, I'm picking them to beat the two worst teams in the conference, and by quite a wide margin, those other seven games, I just think they have too much depth and too much talent acquisition, too much coaching staff cohesiveness, and too much of a built-up culture for Purdue to beat them. But Purdue has a better shot of hitting the over, in my opinion, and upsetting one of those teams in that seven-game losing streak than they do losing to a Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Indiana, Northwestern, or Fresno State. They'll have a great QB in Hudson Card. Almost got that name wrong. They'll have a great QB there. They have an underrated skill position group. Remember, Devin Mockabee is going to be returning at running back, the former walk-on, who had a phenomenal year at Purdue in 2022. And they will have a scrappy defense. Ryan Walters is a defensive wizard, and I have no doubt that they return some guys on defense brings them in through the transfer portal, and I think that their defense will have this scrappy, good tone and feeling to it. So my pick would be to push or to hit the over is what I would pick for Purdue for the 2023 season that I think they're going to have.
Up next, we have Maryland. Maryland's win total is sitting at 7, and I think this is pretty high. My pick would be under. And the reason for that is they return a good quarterback, and they reload at wide receiver using the portal. But defensively, and even on the offensive line, which I'm giving benefit of the doubt, but on the offensive line, they lose all, if not most, of their starters on the O-line. And defensively, they have questions there too. They lost guys through the portal, and they lost guys like Nick Cross to the NFL draft. I look at Maryland here this season, and they've been recruiting well outside of last season, but they had those top 25 recruiting classes for a while. There are still some guys from that class. Talia Tagovailoa returns, and he should be a top four quarterback in the Big Ten, should be a top 20 quarterback nationally. But defensively, and with their schedule, and with the offensive line, and the fact that their wide receivers last year were disappointing, but the tight end spot was good. That was a surprising area. I just don't know. And I'm going to go with 6-6 six and six and 3-6 and six with a fifth placement in the Big Ten East. My confidence in this pick is moderate. Because if they win one more game, yes, they push. And I do think it's more likely that they will hit the under than the over. But a road game at Michigan State and a home game against Illinois are games that I have Maryland losing. And Maryland could easily beat those two teams. Easily. And also a road game at Nebraska. Those three games are winnable. Maryland could go 8-4. and four. Maybe, this is stretching it, but if they finally get tough and they can win with some Big Ten football, they could go 9-3. and three. And that would be an amazing, phenomenal year for Maryland. So I'm not exactly confident or jumping off my seat with this prediction. There are enough questions for me to go with the under, and I think that Maryland losing most of their wide receivers, offensive line. Yes, they get some of those guys back in theory through the portal. We'll see how the replacements play out. But defensively, they have some questions, and on special teams they do as well because they lose their kicker, Chad Ryland, who is one of the better kickers in the Big Ten. Up next, we have Illinois. The Illinois fighting Illini under Brett Bielema. 6-6, six and 4-5, six, and five with one of the easier schedules, might I tell you, in the Big Ten. I'm not confident on this pick at all. I'm not. Fifth in the Big Ten West, I know Illinois loses everyone, but that's kind of why I'm not confident about this team, strangely enough, is I think Brett Bielema, knowing what he did at Wisconsin, and even what he did at Arkansas. You know, at Arkansas, he went 7-5, and 8-4, Six and six every year in the regular season with the Razorbacks, and most of those years he would have went around that six and a half win total with a much tougher schedule, and with more talent probably. But Arkansas has never been this super talented team in the SEC. They've won primarily, by my knowledge, which is limited about Arkansas, with scheme, and with having better coaching and better schematics than their opponents in the SEC West. For the Big Ten West, Illinois has decent in-state talent. They've used the transfer portal selectively. However, they return Jerzon Newton on the defensive line. On the offensive line, they return Julian Pearl. Other players there, they return a massive, impressive guard 
in Isaiah Adams, who should be second or first team all Big Ten this season. There's a lot to like about Illinois. They have questions at quarterback, running back, and their secondary, which was the mainstay of their defense. Everyone lost from there, most notably Sidney Brown and Devin Witherspoon. So there are questions, but on the trenches, they should be good, and they do have a cupcake schedule. So I look at that, and if you're in the Big Ten West and you have great trench play and a cupcake schedule, this team could go 10-2. and two looking at the schedule. I mean, their toughest game is a home matchup against Penn State. Other games they have at home are Florida Atlantic, Toledo, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Northwestern. They have road games at Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, Maryland, and Kansas. Tell me they couldn't beat any team on their schedule. You couldn't do that. Now, you also couldn't tell me they'd go 12-0 because they don't have the talent or the depth to do that. But this team should be in theory, they could be either really, really good, or they could be 5-7, and 6-6, seven, six and six, which is still barely under the win total. So I am picking the under, just because I think Illinois, with a lack of a great player at quarterback or running back, though they do have Josh McCray, I think they're going to go 6-6, six and six, but that's kind of a bold pick, and you can see that with the plus odds. There are a lot of reasons for them to hit the over, and really blow out the over. This team could get eight, nine wins, but I think they're going to go six and six. Though I do think if I couldn't pick six and six, seven and five would certainly be more likely than five and seven. Up next, we have the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Nebraska, a win total of six. My pick is obviously the over, which I'm doing for the third year in a row, and hopefully I don't get my pick for Nebraska wrong for the third year in a row. They have an athletic quarterback, an improved trench and front seven play, and a quiet schedule. Their toughest game is once again a home game against an elite Big Ten East opponent, much like Illinois. But it's against Michigan. Michigan being a much tougher and more intimidating team than Penn State. But Penn State is still very intimidating, near elite team. All in all, I see 7-5, and 4-5, and five, fourth in the Big Ten West, my confidence in this pick is high. I don't know if I see 6-6 six and six or 8-4 and four being more likely than the other, but I think 7-5 and five is great. They start off with a road game at Minnesota to begin the season, and then they have another road game at Colorado. So they start off with two road games, but Nebraska, in theory, has more talent than both of these teams. Minnesota's just much better developmentally and they have a superior culture just by the virtue that their staff and head coach have been there for more than half a decade to instill that. Nebraska's a first-year head coach. They're going to be a first-year product, but I expect them to beat everyone on their schedule but Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, and a tough road game against Michigan State. That game or the Iowa game, potentially both could be flipped around in favor of the Cornhuskers and maybe even Wisconsin, because there are some uncertainties about Wisconsin. So Nebraska has a lot of opportunity, much like Illinois. That's why I have them both with a 4-5 and five record in conference. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering who that non-conference foe I have Illinois losing to, it's on the road at Kansas. Kansas is going to be much better than they were last season, and they're being sold at a ridiculously low price in the preseason. It's absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, Nebraska will not lose to a non-conference opponent, 
and their win total only being at six, I just see the over as the most likely possibility. Jeff Sims is going to be the biggest player on the offense. Give him Marcus Washington, Billy Kemp, an offensive line that has a new and superior center in Ben Scott, an underrated running back room, and then don't forget MJ Sherman. He's going to really improve just him, one player. Him being MJ Sherman will improve that front seven, and they have an underrated secondary, and they return both their kicker and punter from 2022. So this team will be much improved in just one year after Scott Frost's firing, which will just show how good of a coach Matt Rule was and make us wonder even more how bad of a coach Scott Frost was. We have Michigan State up next. The Spartans' win total is 4.5, which I think, or at least thought initially, was low. 4.5 means the Spartans are expected to go 4-8 and eight or 5-7. and seven. Now, it's heavily weighted to the over. These are the, the most favorable odds that we have seen so far and that we will see throughout the whole video for an over. Nearly minus 200. But once you get to 5.5, it's weighted to the under. So that's telling you that Vegas is expecting about a five about a five and seven record. Now, it's understandable because their schedule is tough. I think it's the toughest in the nation because I have Washington, Michigan, and Ohio State all in my top four, and Michigan State plays all of them. I also have Penn State inside of my top ten, more specifically my top eight. And Penn State, it was a home game, but moving it to a neutral site makes the schedule even tougher. Michigan State also has a road game at Minnesota and a road game at Iowa, and they host Nebraska and Maryland. All those four teams should be top 40 teams. Minnesota and Iowa should be top 20, top 25. Nebraska and Maryland could hit the top 25 area, though it would be a stretch for Nebraska, I think, in year one. That leaves truly four games where Michigan State will be playing opponents that could be classified as bad. And Rutgers could go bowling, so that truly leaves three, in my opinion, guaranteed wins. And even Indiana, as last year showed, is not a guaranteed win. So why am I picking Michigan State to hit the over? The answer, in my opinion, is simple. It's not exactly simple, but to me, it's they have too much talent. They have an underrated pool of talent, and that's really it. Look at the roster. Look at the pieces they have. Look at the paper. Last year on paper, Michigan State fell short, but I was telling everyone in the preseason they weren't going to be a 10-win team. They were going to win eight games in the regular season. That fell flat on its face, but most things that could have gone wrong went wrong for Michigan State in 2022. This year, the offensive line returns nearly all of their starters, they add three or four tight ends through the transfer portal and still return Malik Carr. They added Elante Brown from Nebraska to pair with Trey Mosley so their wide receiver core isn't totally destroyed. Noah Kim should be an upgrade at quarterback or the same compared to Peyton Thorne. They have an improved running back room adding Nathan Carter from UConn. Defensively, they return Simeon Barrow. They have a, an okay linebacker room that's really good at pass rush with Jacoby Winman and Aaron Brule. That's suspect in pass coverage. And the secondary, most important point, the secondary should improve through addition by subtraction. My record prediction is 6-6, six and 4-5, six, four and five, fourth in the Big Ten East. And I think it's more likely to go 7-5 and five than 5-7. Five and seven. 
So I'm very confident Michigan State will hit the over on their win total this season. They were overrated last season, and they're underrated heading into this season, just because everyone can't react in a normal way when it comes to Mel Tucker. Iowa. Iowa, I'm going to keep this short, and I'm going to keep it sweet and simple. Seven and a half is way too low. With the easy schedule they have, the upgrades they've made through the portal, and the fact that they always reload on defense. This is easy. I'm extremely high that Iowa will surpass this, and I'm predicting them to go 10-2, and 7-2 and two in conference. 8-4 and four would be disappointing, given that all of the offensive line returns, key players like Joe Evans and De- um, Deontay Craig, who's pictured up here, return on the defensive line. They had over 10 sacks combined, were elite defensive linemen. Nick Jackson comes in from Virginia. Cooper DeGene, freak athlete, led Iowa in interceptions last season. He returns. Phil Parker's always good at managing his defense, which has adapted to the times, unlike the offense. But also Cade McNamara and Eric All are coming in from Michigan. The O-line's being reinforced by incoming transfers. And Caleb Brown, a top 100 player in the 2022 recruiting class, he's coming to Iowa from Ohio State. So Iowa has weapons offensively. Don't forget Caleb Johnson, who had over 700 rushing yards. He's good. I think he'll be a 1,000-yard back this season with an upgraded offensive line. I really like Iowa this year. I don't like he who shall not be named. The offense is horribly managed, and it will continue to be that way. But with a much better quarterback, much better skill position players, and an offensive line that's superior all around, I think that this team will score closer to 28 points than 21 points per game. And that will be huge. If Iowa just scored an extra field goal and a safety per game, they would have beaten Illinois, and they might have forced Nebraska into a chokehold. And that would have won them alone. That would have won them the Big Ten West. And they would have beaten Iowa State, too. They still would have gotten blown out by Ohio State and lost in a dominant fashion to Michigan, but they don't have them on their schedule either. They just have a road game at Penn State and a road game at Wisconsin. That's their toughest games, which I have them losing to. The rest of their schedule, though, home games at Michigan State, Purdue, Minnesota, Rutgers, Illinois, two more road games at Northwestern and Nebraska, and a non-conference slate facing Utah State, Iowa State, and Western Michigan. This team should effortlessly hit the over. Minnesota, on the other hand, not so certain, pretty certain, but not as certain. Their win total is seven, and they have a much tougher schedule than Iowa's. However, Minnesota, just looking at the spring game, looking at the height, weight, and grade of their offensive linemen and total team, tells me they're more likely to reload than take a step back. They have a deep skill position group with Chris Ottman-Bell and Corey Crooms, along with tight ends Brevin Spanford and Nick Callerup. Nick Callerup has only had two catches for 16 yards and a touchdown, but he's appeared in close to 700 snaps, mainly as a blocker. He's 6'5", and I think he's 270 pounds, massive tight end. Brevin Spanford, by the way, is 6'7", 270. So I think, I think Iowa football has the best receiving tight end group in the Big Ten. Minnesota's might be the best overall just by virtue of how good they can block. It's incredible. This offensive line should reload. I'm even higher on this team now 
than I was after watching their spring game, and they have a great defensive coordinator in Joe Rossi. The questions for them are quarterback and offensive coaching. Mike Sanford Jr. was a disaster the two years he was there. I think that Kirk Sharaka leaving, there is some uncertainty on how good the offensive staff can be, how good are their play calls and schematics going to be, and how good will Ethan Kaliak-Manis be. I like Ethan Kaliak-Manis, but I like him more because of the system that he's in rather than because of the individual player that he is. But Minnesota's staff, and Mr. Kaliak-Manis himself, would disagree with me. The staff really likes him, so I could be wrong there. But regardless of whether I'm right or wrong about how good Kaliak-Manis is at quarterback, I'm still picking them to hit the over. They're too good in the trenches. They're physical. They're big. They, even more so than Brett Bielema's Illinois, are more Wisconsin than Wisconsin is. Though Wisconsin, despite no longer being what we know as Wisconsin, I think, as you can already tell through the progression of this video, is going to have a good season. But anyway, they have Ohio State and Michigan on the schedule, much like division rival Purdue. And they also have a road game at Iowa, road game at said Purdue, and another road game at Northwestern and non-conference foe with Heisman-level quarterback Drake May in North Carolina on that roster. So they do have a tough schedule. And they have a home game at Nebraska against Eastern Michigan, Louisiana, Michigan, Michigan State, Illinois, Wisconsin. Ohio State is a road game. That's an extremely tough schedule, but I think P.J. Fleck is going to pull out nine wins, and six of them are going to be in conference. Those three losses will be against Michigan, Iowa, and Ohio State. So tough schedule, but I think the Gophers will be perhaps even tougher than that schedule. Wisconsin, the fellow member of the Paul Bunyan's Axe rivalries up next with their win total of eight and a half. The highest win total we've seen. My confidence in picking the over is moderate. I originally was going to go extremely low, but I have enough faith in Luke Fickle, Phil Longo, and Mike Tressel that I'm moderately confident. I could easily see this team go three and not three and nine, the inverse of that, nine and three. Road game at Illinois and at Purdue, a home game against a, a revamped superior Iowa team, Nebraska. There are enough places for a mess up. There is also a possibility that this whole thing falls apart because the identity changed. Tanner Mordecai didn't look good in the spring game, but those are really the only negatives. This team's deep at linebacker. They have one of the best tackle duos in the Big Ten, in my opinion, with Joe, Joe Huber and Jack Nelson. It's a solid tackle group, only Michigan's and maybe Penn State's just with left tackle Olu Fashanu carrying that tackle group would be better than Wisconsin's. But phenomenal at the tackle position. They have a good guard. They have a great center in Jake Renfro, who's coming in from Cincinnati. Of course, they got Braylon Allen and Chesma Lucy returning. That's the offensive line and the run game. That's traditional Wisconsin. But even if Tanner Mordecai is not as good as we all think he is, he's a much better upgrade over Graham, Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz is a sandbag. He's just waiting there to be sacked or to do something bad. That's not Mordecai. They have Chimray DK at wide receiver. Tight end, they have Clay Cundiff and Eschenbaugh. I, I don't like their skill position outside of quarterback and running back, and even quarterback I'm cautious on. But Phil Longo does like to run the football. 
So there is room for Wisconsin to kind of return to somewhat of its more traditional identity, at least in running the football if the passing game doesn't work out. They also have Jeff Petrowski and Mayama Njong Mehta on defensive end and linebacker, players that I really like. And they do have they do have an underrated group on secondary as well. So this team, I'm picking them to hit the over of 8.5. They also have a top 25 transfer portal class, and they do have a good defense. I trust Mike Tressel and Luke Fickle to get the job done for Wisconsin. Up next, we do have Penn State. The Penn State Nittany Lions, they have a win total of 9.5. Penn State is a popular pick, an extremely popular pick to win the Big Ten, or not even to really win the Big Ten, but just to go over expectations, to do better than their win total says. And by quite a significant margin, there are many people picking them to go 11-1. and Tom Fornelli is actually picking them to go 11-1, and which I respectfully disagree with, but I can see it happening. However, I am low in my pick of the over. I'm picking the over along with Tom Fornelli, but I think, maybe I'm wrong here, but there is a part of me that sees 9-3 and three as more of a likelihood than 11-1. and one. I've said consistently, consistently throughout this preseason, that 2024 is probably going to be a better year. And with the ease of 2024 schedule, I think that's going to be true even if the team was worse in 2024 than 2023. There's no Michigan on the 2023 schedule. And in theory, Penn State will play four of they'll play four out of four of the worst Big Ten teams out of the sixteen. They'll play four, they'll play all of the bottom twenty-five percentile in twenty twenty-four, and they'll have a weak non-conference schedule. So that I think is more of the year than this year. They start five-star Drew Aller at QB. They have an elite running back and cornerback room and a workable schedule. It's not the easiest, of course, because they have Ohio State, they have Michigan, they have Illinois on the road before they take on Iowa in the right in the whiteout. So there are some look-ahead spots. They also have a road game at Maryland before they take on Michigan and a neutral site game versus Michigan State. There are ways for them to go nine and three, which I think is more of a likelihood than eleven and one. But I think ten and two is so much more of a likelihood than 9-3 and three or 11-1, and one, I just have to go with the over. My confidence isn't moderate just because that Illinois game, and even the Maryland game, but more so Brett Bielema before the Iowa game, that bothers me. That really bothers me, and I think that's going to be a game that will test Penn State early. I think Penn State wins that game in a close one. Same with all of their other games except for Ohio State and Michigan who I think are going to handily beat them for the second year in a row. But with Drew Aller at quarterback, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. So we'll have to wait and see with Penn State, but I'm picking them to go with the over. Much like I am with the Ohio State Buckeyes, who are at 10.5, and at plus odds to go over, which I think is a little bit asinine. And I'm extremely high in my selection of 11-1 and one, eight and one in conference, second place in the Big Ten East. I'm very confident they'll hit the over. This team has a better chance of going twelve and zero than it does ten and two. Easily. They have the nation's number one wide receiver room 
an elite running back room that's top three when they're healthy, and they have an improved defense. Overall, this team's going to be really good. They're going to be impressive all around. The defense, I think, will be elite as well. This team is just elite, 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 minus the tackle position and minus tight end. That's it. And the offensive guards and the center, who's projected to be Carson Hinsman, will more than make up for the disparities at tackle, in my opinion. Especially if the running back room stays healthy, because then Ohio State can run it, run it, and pass protection won't be such of an it won't be as big of an issue, really. With Emeka Egbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. at wide receiver, you gotta wonder if it even matters whether Kyle McCord is a good, great, or elite quarterback. I think he'll be a great, near elite, elite quarterback. He'll be in that category. Ryan Day's resume is too good to say that the quarterback will just be good or just be average. He'll be great. He'll be great at a minimum. He'll be a top 10 quarterback. Him or Devin Brown, whichever start, will be a top 10 quarterback. And that's why I have Ohio State's quarterback room as potentially the best in the nation, even though I don't think they have a top 5 quarterback on the roster, because they have two top 10 quarterbacks on the roster. If one goes down, they could go the rest of the year with no changes and be the exact same team. You can't say that about any other team except for maybe Georgia. Very few teams have that depth. Or Kansas, because Jason Bean is a very impressive player. And his starter, Jalen Daniels, is a top three quarterback in the nation. I like Ohio State this year. I think they're losing to Michigan again. It would be hard for me, however, to pick Michigan if the game was in Columbus. So these two teams are close. The game this season will be closer. And there are scenarios very probable scenarios where Ohio State goes 12-0 and and beats Michigan on the road. It's very possible. The game this year is going to be great, and I'm excited for it because the Michigan Wolverines are also a 10.5 win total. They're minus 180. Heavy, heavy pick. The, the odds are heavily weighted for them to hit the over, just like for Michigan State, which as a Michigan fan has me somewhat scared because Michigan's now on top. They're favored, and historically, that has been when Michigan football kind of slides back. But I have faith in my team, and there are reasons to have faith in Michigan. They have the Big Ten's best quarterback, the best running back core, the best overall defense in the country. Apologize for that typo. And they have an easy schedule, a schedule that starts off with four teams that are below average overall in East Carolina. UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. My record prediction is 12-0, 9-0 in conference, first in the Big Ten East. I'm extremely high in this pick, because even if they go 11-1, they'll still hit the over. And it's possible they go 11-1. There's a very good chance that they lose to one of Ohio State or Penn State. It is going to be hard to go 12-0 for the second year in a row with that schedule especially given the fact that both Penn State and Ohio State will improve compared to their last season counterparts, though I think Michigan will do the same to an even greater degree. They've used the transfer portal wisely. They return Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson should be standouts at wide receiver. On the offensive line, they're starting center Drake Nugent, who was top three according to Pro Football Focus, 
in grading. Zack Sinner and Trevor Keegan were not nearly as high on PFF's grades, but if you watched the film, watched how the offensive line works together, you know that they are elite guards. Defensively, Michigan has Michael Barrett and Junior Colson returning at linebacker, along with Will Johnson and Mike St. Ristel, and they will likely reload on the defensive line. This team is phenomenal. They are a great team. They are an elite team. They're my pick, as you all know, to win the national championship. It's either them or it's going to be Ohio State, who we've already discussed. So Michigan this year, they're set to have success. They're set to have success. I'm picking the over for Michigan. And that right there is the conclusion of my Big Ten preseason win total picks video. Comment down below. Please subscribe, like the video, and comment your thoughts down below once again. I like to reply to your comments. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.